Two close wins and a blowout loss later. The Mariners have picked up right where they left off. Colby and I are going to give you our takeaways from each game. Plus, we finally get to talk about J.P. Crawford's extension right now on Locked On Mariners. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, April 11, 2022, and this is the Lockdown Mariners podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am your host, Tidy Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon, where we talk about the Mariners even more, and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. Visit patreon.com forward slash control zone for more information on that. We have a new episode dropping for our tier twos and threes later on today. Be sure to check that out. And if this is your first time joining us here on Lockdown Mariners, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, turn on the notification bell, give this video a thumbs up, and uh, tell your friends to come check us out. We greatly appreciate it. Before we get into today's topics, I want to announce the winner of our giveaway, our two-ticket, main-level ticket giveaway to Sunday's game between the Mariners and Astros. Easter Sunday should be a lot of fun at T-Mobile Park. The winner of our contest is Quentin Johnson at QuentinJohnson91 on Twitter. Congratulations on winning your two main-level tickets to see the Mariners battle the Astros this Sunday. I'll be DMing you shortly on Twitter to set all of that stuff up. Going to also make an announcement on Twitter for those that have not watched the show in a little bit. But uh, congratulations, Quentin, and thank you to all who entered. We greatly appreciate your support and uh, appreciate you subscribing and all that stuff. And hope you stick around to uh, follow us along all season, and we're probably going to be doing more giveaways, so be sure to stay tuned to our channels. All right, so, Colby, the Mariners actually played real baseball this past weekend. Opened up the season on Friday after Thursday was rained out. Robbie Ray took the bump. Not a great start for Robbie Ray coming off of his AL Cy Young Award winning season, but he got through it allowing just one run. He struck out five, did walk four, along with a uh, hitter hit. But um, what did you see from Ray in his first start in a Mariners uni? Yeah, you saw kind of what felt like a lot of the issues that had plagued Ray in the past. Um, a lot of three ball counts, uh, a lot of a lot of walks relative to what he did last year. Um, surprisingly, not, not many strikeouts. That's always been part of his thing, even with the walks, is that he'll strike guys out. Um, but... Uh, and I know some people were concerned because the velocity was down a little bit from where it was last year. We could go over all the reasons why the velocity might be down, um, shortened spring training. It was, you know, not exactly the you know, picture perfect day in Minnesota, um, blah, blah, blah. We could do all that. But at the end of the day, you know, what Robbie Ray was is he looked like a number one who didn't have his good stuff. So he battled and he, he fought his way through a very good lineup. Um, allowing just the one run on the solo home run to Gio Urshela. Uh, he did did really, uh, really well considering the stuff he had. You know, he, he only got two runs. He had to make that last. Um, and for the most part, he did. He, he, you know, he had to work around a couple of uh, 
sticky situations to get it done, but that's exactly what he did. And, uh, you know, he was the winner as a result. Uh, you're going to see better days from Robbie Ray. That's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But again, the, the ability for his first time out to go out there, uh, get through seven um, on less than a hundred pitches, uh, kind of work around some, some issues. Um, you know, it's not like his mechanics flew out of whack or anything either. He was just, just a little bit off. A lot of three ball counts. Still threw a lot of strikes, but the four walks uh, is is not uh, not ideal uh, for Robbie Ray. But it's not the end of the mm-hmm. world because when he needed strikeouts, he was able to get them, and he got a couple of clutch double play balls, which is not something Robbie's really known for. He's more of a fly ball <laughs> strikeout type of pitcher, um, but he got two big ones when he needed them. Um, and yeah, he he kind of he kind of sort of. Uh, abused Alex Kirilov in the six hole. He was able to be very mm-hmm. cautious to three, four, five because Kirilov had no shot and Kirilov's a mm. good, a good player, a good prospect, still a young guy, but he just, he didn't have, mm. a, he didn't have a prayer against Robbie Ray. And he was able to take advantage of, of that. So Ray knew where he was at in the lineup. He knew who to be careful with, who to attack. Um, and as a result, he kind of gritted his way through seven uh, pretty good innings, but uh, yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't what we were hoping, but the end yeah. result was still very good. Well, and that's what great pitchers do, right? Even if they don't have their best stuff, they're still going to be able to get through it. You know, and this was a, I would say, a pretty bad start by Robbie Ray's standards. And he still went seven strong with just one earned run against, like you said, a, a good lineup. And a lot of that was helped out by a pair of really clutch strikeouts of Byron Buxton with runners in scoring position. It was huge. He, uh, there was a couple times that Buxton came up, and he he was able to get them both times. So that was massive for Ray to uh, to not only you know get through those innings to to get through those tough times, but to also extend his start and limit what the bullpen had to take on 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 day one. And then they end up going Seawald to face the top of the order, and uh, no problems there. And then second rider, little fun uh, towards the end there, Gary Sanchez. About a few feet off from a game winner, ends up going right into the glove of Jesse Winker at the wall. Mitch Hanniger uh, did the uh, had the only score for the Mariners in this game. Two run home run in the first inning. That's all they got. Uh, runners in scoring position was kind of the uh, the story of the game here for the Mariners. For the Mariners, story that, of the uh, weekend, bats. really. Yeah, zero for eight. Runners in scoring position. Ten left on base for the Mariners. Not great. And then that continued a little bit into the next game. They did score four runs uh, in this game. And Tom Murphy had continued his uh, his little late spring, early season terror that he's been on. Uh, the catchers were really good and have been really good in yeah. this series. It, it, it feels like the series should be over, by the way. It's weird that there's a fourth game on yeah. Monday. That's, yeah, very that's weird. it's really it's really messing me up. It feels like this this series is already over and done with. But uh, yeah, Murphy with the home run. Um, let's look at the uh, runners in scoring position. They were three for ten, so not as bad, but still not great. Not going lot, to get the job done. A lot of that came in the uh, in the ninth on the in the, in the ninth. Yeah, a couple yep. two knocks, Julio Rodriguez in base. Yep, getting Julio Rodriguez getting his first. Career yeah. MVP hit in a huge spot to start the rally. They were down three to two. 
Byron Buxton looked like he absolutely <laughs> snatched the souls of of the Mariners. Uh, he he was high. The crowd erupted. It was it was a moment. And for the Mariners, the next half inning to respond in the way that they did. I mean, it's kind of vintage twenty twenty one Mariners. It, it seems like they pretty much picked up right where they left off here. Adam Frazier ties the game up. Frazier and Julio continue to be an absolute tandem for the uh, for the Mariners here, and uh, and then Ty France, who's had a great series. Uh, gets the uh, the game winner and Diego Castillo shuts it down in the uh, the bottom of the knife as as you would expect. That guy is healthy now and he looks awesome. What were your takeaways from this game, particularly with Logan Gilbert, by the way, who you love and uh, made a mistake to to Luis Arise, but got through it the rest of the way and only gave up the one run. Yeah, it's nice to see people on Twitter understand just how good of a hitter Luis Arise actually is. Um, some of us have known that for a while, but you know, that's different conversation. Uh, yeah, Logan, Logan really struggled through the first two. Um, it looked a lot like what we saw last year. Um, when Logan was off, it was just, you know, yeah, the fastball, he just, he can't keep hammering with the fastball. It's eventually it's going to get hit and he's able to kind of work, work around a few issues here and there. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, it was a struggle for the first two innings. Then the last three innings, um, it was probably the best we've ever seen Logan Gilbert. Uh, he got 10 outs on, I think, 34 pitches um, there along with four strikeouts. What was it? At one point, they retired like 15 in a row, 12 in a row, something like that? Yes. Um, I think until Munoz walked uh, the nine-hole hitter before the home run. Uh, they yeah. had retired everybody since the the start of the third inning. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so Gilbert was, was fantastic, um, particularly the second half. 14 whiffs uh, from Gilbert on 85 pitches. Um, and here's probably the, the, the more encouraging, uh, thing from a start. Yes. The fastball was still pretty good. He left, it was up in the zone, um, right where he likes to throw it, um, hit 97, a couple times velocity was fine. Uh, six whiffs on 52 fastballs, but, uh, the beauty is five whiffs on 19 sliders, uh, one whiff on a, mm-hmm. on eight knuckle curves and actually two whiffs on six changeups. He didn't use the changeup mm-hmm. often, but when he did, it was very good. Um, mm-hmm. The one to Jorge Polanco comes to mind um, in his last inning. So, uh, yeah, Gilbert he threw strikes after the after the second inning. You know, innings three, four, and five, he looked like a potential Cy Young Award winner going up against again a very good lineup. Uh, the Twins lineup is not getting the credit it deserves. It's it's deep and it's good. Um, so yeah, it's it, really it, good. Scary, yeah. scary as hell. A lot of power <clears throat> yeah, I mean, in that lineup. Max Kepler sitting ninth. Like deservedly yeah. so. Like that's mm-hmm. that's a pretty good lineup. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Gilbert made made them look foolish at times. So it was a great start for Logan. Um, you know, just imagine what he could do if he can carry that that innings three, four, five over mm-hmm. the course of an entire game. We kind of saw it last year against like the Yankees and the Red Sox um, a few times. Like Gilbert's going to be very good, and this was a, a very good start uh, to his year. So the Mariners, unfortunately, lost yesterday. Not going to get the four-game sweep, but they are going for the series win tonight in Minneapolis. We're going to be talking about the loss yesterday and then what to expect uh, to, or tonight. 
in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. And just a reminder to check out Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts just like us. So, as I said earlier, Byron Buxton seemed to have snatched the Mariners' souls on Saturday. He ended up doing so on Sunday. A couple home runs for him. Six runs for the Twins to to start this game off. Marco Gonzalez was uh, not great, to put it lightly, in this one. Just two innings pitch for Marco, and he was catching a lot of plate with some pretty ordinary stuff. Uh, that's just not going to play for him. Uh, just can't do it. What did you see from Marco? What went wrong? And uh, what are your overall thoughts on the, yesterday's loss? 10-4. to 4. <clears throat> Yeah, um, Marco... I mean, there, there's really no nice way to say it. He really, really struggled. Um, mm. You know, he only generated three whiffs on 60 pitches, all of them coming on his cutter. Um, <clears throat> he was just in the middle of the zone, and when he was missing outside of the zone, it was up, like way up. Like you're not getting swings and misses outside of the zone with your stuff pitching up. Uh, you know, Marco's not going to get that. He needs to If he's pitching out of the zone, it needs to be on the, on the fringes and down. Um, but yeah, everything was just up and elevated, uh, for him, you know, <clears throat> the, he only technically gave up, I think two earned, uh, because every run that scores after the Frazier error is technically not Marco's fault, but you know, it, this is one of those mm-hmm. cases where ERA doesn't tell the whole story because even if Frazier makes that play, maybe it's a different game, but Marco was not going to survive more than another inning or no. two. He no. just was just everything was just it was just bad. Like there's just no real positive to take away from this from Marco. He was terrible. Will he be again? I don't know. Probably at some point. Is it cause for concern for Mariners fans? It shouldn't be. Nothing that Not happened yet. this weekend. Nothing that happened this weekend should scare Mariners fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's three games. Now we could we could look at it and say, well, you know, Kelnick got his first hit and it was literally an infield fly that just you know <laughs> fell between four guys. Um, but other than that, he hasn't looked too good. Blah blah blah. Julio's striking out. Blah. Like we could, we could we could doom and gloom our way through three games, but it's three games. It literally means yeah. nothing. Uh, for me, I'm not even thinking about uh, you know. Oh my, is this is this a real struggle? Like, it, does something have to happen? I'm not thinking about that until at least May one. Well, and Colby, you know, in the years that Marco. Uh, has been great he's had a month or two where he's still struggled yeah. like this where he has three or four straight starts where he looks mm-hmm. like this i mean i think about what was it 2019 where he had that really awful start against chicago oh, and yeah, the Cubs it was like the it, was, it was it Ju- was yeah. it was july or august somewhere in there and that kind of pl- plummeted his value for the rest of the season uh, right. but he was great the rest of the year outside of that one month so maybe this is just the month that he struggles or maybe it's an outlier who knows the point yeah, is, I mean, 
I, I, I'm not going to overreact about what Marco did no. or wasn't able to do on Sunday. No, it's just it's a bad start, and you just kind of move mm-hmm. on. And then, you know, the unfortunate thing, the Mariners have to expose the the front line of their bullpen, the guys who are kind of, you know, have to bridge mm-hmm. the gap to get to the back end guys. And you can see the vulnerabilities there. But, you, you know, aside from the absolute mammoth home runs the Twins were hitting, <laughs> we actually saw some pretty good stuff. Vesta showed off a slider that was pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I thought Swanson looked okay. Uh, you know, I, Sheffield was – yeah, <laughs> like it's. He had one good back foot slider. I think it was yeah, to Correa. Yeah. But by the way, yeah. the, just a side note here: the Mariners have handled Correa quite well this series. Um, yeah, Mammoth he did hit, Yeah, he hit that absolute oh, tank. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> right, but as, you know, it, it kind of in garbage time against like yeah, the ninth yeah. best guy in the pen. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But aside from that, just one hit so far this series. Now Correa's made up for that by stealing at least two or three runs from Seattle. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he yeah. still played a huge role in this, but. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought the the stuff coming out of the bullpen at least was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. Location, not always, but again, that's why you really need your starters to go five six innings so you can kind of line up your your Romo, Steckenrider, Castillo, Seawald, uh, that group mm-hmm. of guys. And, and hey, you know what? Uh, under under uh, underappreciated uh, hero of the weekend, let's say uh, Anthony Mashevitz looked pretty good. Uh, yeah, in his, in his outing. Yeah, he had a good curveball. Yeah, yeah, he had a really good inning on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I guess the top um, of the yeah, order. Yeah, the curveball. Yeah. yeah, he yeah. yeah he went after uh, Buxton, Correa. Who else? Uh, who else did he get? Polanco, right? Yeah, yeah. Or and he struck out Polanco as well. Might have been a rise. I don't no, know. But I, I, I think it might have been Polanco. Yeah, he because he got him on the curveball on the outside corner. That okay, was uh, well, that was nice. Whatever it was, that was nice. Yeah, he, yeah, he. Looked he he looked really good. Uh, that was that was nice to see because uh, that was very concerning for me seeing them put Mischevitz in against the top of the order. That's concerning, yeah. very concerning. Yeah. Um, all right. So most people that are watching this are, are probably uh, watching this after or listening to this after tonight's game. Uh, so we won't linger on this too long. But what would you like to see tonight from uh, Chris Flexen and everyone? Innings. Give me some innings, yeah. Chris. Um, give yeah. me five or six, please. Um, good news is Steckenrider and Seawald are definitely going to be available and ready to go. Um, and so should Castillo, uh, should be ready to go. Uh, I imagine Romo is also ready to go. So it, it, if you mm-hmm. can get through five or six, you can kind of line it up the way you want to line it up. Um, Munoz should be ready to go. And Munoz looked pretty good aside from, you know, <laughs> the, the home run that maybe hasn't landed yet. Um, but, uh, that was 101 at the top of the zone and, and Buxton just destroyed it. So, I had this weird feeling too. I was like, man, putting in Munoz against the top of the order with those yeah, guys that right? bat speed at the, the top of the lineup. It's like the bat speed there. It's just, ooh, I did. I that's I, gonna I, catch up. Yeah, I caught some <laughs> flack for this on Twitter, but I, I I thought that Munoz should have been in the seventh, and they should have used yeah. Romo in the eighth, just because Romo's been there. You know, he's done that, and you know, he generates about- weak contact. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's kind of when, when you need it. And he's going to throw strikes. Like, I like Munoz a yeah. lot. Great arm. He walked the guy before he gave up the bomb, <laughs> right? Like, you have to, those guys yeah. have to earn their way on base. And Buxton certainly did. Uh, Kepler, I believe it was, did not. So, you, you got you uh, to Gordon. Nick Gordon. Nick Gordon. Okay. You got to force those yeah. guys to earn their way on base. Uh, you can't just give it to mm-hmm. them in those late games. Yeah. But yeah, the bullpen's in good shape. So, if, if Chris can go five or six, you know, keep this, you know, three two, three, four runs, like keep it within striking distance for the Mariners offense. 
Hopefully Duran is is not lurking oh in the my. bullpen. Yeah. Duran Duran, uh, my word. Some of the yeah. nastiest stuff I've ever seen in <laughs> yeah. those two innings the that splinker. he threw against the Mariners on Friday. Oh, A my. A split finger sinker? <laughs> yeah, like, come on. like That was, like, that was nuts. That was absolutely nothing, putrid. <laughs> nothing drives me nuts more than when runners are on second and third with nobody out and the team can't even put the ball in play. Like, that That infuriates me as much as anything in baseball yeah. can for, like, hours. And I was like, wow, those are really bad at bats. But also, I can't even really be that mad. <laughs> like, holy cow, that, that stuff yeah, is insane. Yeah, like, I was, like, kind of half pay attention when Mitch was up to bat. It was second and third, no one out. And I was, like, I was pretty irritated with Mitch not, uh, striking out. But then I started to notice more how Duran was throwing and what kind of stuff he was throwing. And I was, like, you know what? I'm not upset about it anymore. This guy is just stupid good. <laughs> Maybe try the safety squeeze next time. I don't know. Like, hey, you hope Jesse Winker the guy, who, the guy who says never bunt wants them to bunt. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, Not uh, never bunt. Never ooh. sacrifice bunt. Uh, bunt for hits. Bunt mm. for runs. Don't sacrifice an out. Um, sure. But, yeah, it, it's. I mean, that that was ridiculous. So he he's, yeah, should be ready to go tonight, nasty. too. So. <laughs> fingers crossed the uh, yeah. don't have to see him yeah and hey, uh, probably probably gonna have to though or hey maybe yeah. they have maybe they have them sized up now maybe they saw him once you I know mean, they're like that that that's ridiculous and, and what, yeah. maybe now they have a better understanding i don't know yeah i mean ty and winker got got on base like they did fine so like yeah, yeah maybe um yeah. but uh yeah just just get some innings from chris and then uh hey just remember after tonight you only have to see buxton three more times and you only have to see Duran. Yeah. A max of three more times. Same goes for Correa yeah. too, unless yeah. he gets traded in the middle of the year. But yeah, whatever. So yeah, get out of Minnesota Maybe he gets with at traded least a split. To, the, to the Mariners. Definitely possible. Um, <laughs> but these two teams seem pretty, seem pretty evenly matched. Um, yeah, I agree. So, but getting out of Minnesota uh, on the road to start your year with a split is is pretty good. But uh, they definitely have a shot to win tonight. We'll see what the, what version of I think it's Alex Cobb or Dylan Bundy. It's Dylan Bundy. Same, yeah. same, Alec, same guy. Yeah, Alec, Alex same Cobb guy. is in San Francisco, but ah, pretty okay. much same, same guy. guys. I get, I get the, I understand the sentiment. Yeah, um, yeah, but being three and one would be nice. Uh, two and two is fine, but three and one went into Chicago, and the White Sox are just so beat up right now. It's ridiculous yep. how beat up they are right now. AJ Pollock, Andrew Vaughn, uh, Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn, Joe Kelly. I think there's some others that I'm as well a team is in a rough spot right yeah a team is in a rough spot right now so uh, there's an opportunity there for the mariners uh, it looks like wednesday's game is probably going to get uh tornadoed out would that be the term <laughs> but uh, there, tuesday there and thursday looks pretty good yeah there's the possibility <laughs> that we will have tornadoes in the chicago area on uh on wednesday because you know playing midwest baseball is just a genius idea uh mm-hmm. in early early to mid-april fantastic the good news is about yesterday though festa swanson ramirez sheffield they all ate the uh the remainder of the inning so you got seawald you got castillo you got second rider you got all these guys are, are going to be available to you tonight so that should uh that should set you up nicely in case flexen isn't able to give you those innings uh but it would be nice if he could get five or six out of chris tonight that would help all right so um because we recorded our opening day special on Thursday, 
uh, ahead of time, we were not able to talk about J.P. Crawford's extension, which got announced the morning of opening day for the Mariners on Friday. So we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar, and it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They are 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So go to Built.com, scroll down to the macros chart, you'll be blown away. Again, high protein low-cal, high-fiber, low-carb, and there's so many good flavors to choose from, such as mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time, and if they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. So go to Built.com, try one for yourself, try a bunch for yourself. Use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at Built.com. So Colby, like I said, we weren't able to talk about J.P. Crawford's extension. This is something that we... uh, Kind of felt like it was was on the horizon. It, it feels like there's probably going to be a few more extensions on the horizon for the Mariners this season as well. Jesse Winker, maybe Adam Frazier, maybe even Julio. We'll see. But let's talk about JP here who gets a five-year, $51 million extension. It uh, buys three years of free agency. He was under club control uh, this year, obviously, and next year as well. What do you think about the deal for uh, for JP and for the Mariners? Yeah, it actually buys out two years of free agency. Um, uh, oh, really? JP was, was he under JP club was, control for the next three years? Yeah, JP was a super two. So he, he oh. is ARB two, but he has four years of ARB. He was technically a super two. So uh, it buys out them. two years of, of free agency, three years of club control. So mm-hmm. um, he it's uh, – but anyway, A, good, good for JP. Let's start right there. Um, yeah. You know, JP worked his butt off. He was kind of labeled as a failed – first round pick a failed top mm-hmm. prospect with the Phillies got kind of a new uh a new lease on life when he was traded to Seattle found an organization that believed in him uh gave a lot of credit to D Gordon for helping him you know rediscover his love for baseball mm-hmm. um yeah. it's one of those you know hidden hidden values that veteran players have that it's it's tough to quantify but they're there um so yeah good for JP good for his family um I believe he just got married this this winter a couple Mariners did I think he was one of them um so his family's now set up for life uh they're in a really good spot um you know good for the mariners for locking in a a young leader uh locking down the shortstop position um it doesn't mean that they won't move jp crawford to you know second base if if they want to go get trey turner or xander bogarts or whatever um but they've locked down you know one of the the nine spots in their in their in their lineup and and uh, they've locked it down with a, a young guy who is a clubhouse leader. He's a fan favorite. So good for the Mariners for opening up the, the wallets and, and giving a deal they really didn't have to give. Um, right. If you're looking at it from just a baseball standpoint, just purely just numbers, didn't really need to give this deal to JP. Uh, like, you, like you said, you have him for three years already anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and going year to year with him would have been totally fine. There's not a lot of upside left in the bat, and the bat is fringe average. At best, right. you know, give or take ten percent, somewhere between the ninety and the one ten WRC plus is where JP's most likely to be. There's not a lot of power waiting there. Uh, the bat speed is 
average, and that's typically something that gets worse as you get older. So mm-hmm. below average bat speed turns you into a Eugenio Suarez. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and, and JP doesn't have the power to make up for that either. So there's uh-huh. a chance that the last few years of this contract aren't great. Um, but it, it, it's not like the Mariners gave him seven years, so they don't have to wear it for, for right. four or five years. Um, and it's also not like they gave him 20 million a year. It's, it's 10 million a year, basically. Um, mm-hmm. and all JP has to do to be worth $10 million a year really is be an 80 WRC plus guy and play his usual brand of defense. And there's really no reason to think the defense is going to quickly deteriorate, uh, with yeah. JP Crawford. So, uh, it, yeah. it, overall it's, it's a kind of a low risk. It's, I don't, I don't want to say super low risk, but it's not like it's a high risk, high reward type of thing. You're basically paying JP what he's worth over the next five years. He's probably going to get 22 to 25 million in arbitration over the next three years. And then you figure two free agent years, what's he going to get on the open market right now? 12 to $15 million uh-huh. a year, give or take. And so you add that up, you get roughly five years, 50, uh, roughly five years, somewhere between 50, uh, 49 and $58 million, somewhere in that range. Uh-huh. That's what they gave him. So it's, it's a good deal for the team. It's a good deal for the player. Um, and it locks in kind of a, a veteran and fan favorite um, for you know the foreseeable future. So uh, really, there, there's no there's nothing to hate about this deal. I, I get the idea that maybe you should have gone year to year with JP, uh, especially if the bat speed starts to fall off some. But mm-hmm. the Mariners have protected themselves uh, in the deal, and, and JP gets security right now. So it's a win win. Yeah, and it's not a huge financial commitment. It's five million dollars this year. It's ten million dollars across the board until that final year, which is going to be eleven million dollars. So right. not really a big deal whatsoever. Uh, that's not going to hinder you from doing anything in the future. That's that it. It really is inconsequential uh, in in terms of the dollar figure. At the end of the day, uh, the really cool thing that I took away from it though was that I think it just sends a message to that clubhouse. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hey, we will take care of you. You want to buy into what we got going on here? Uh, then then we will take care of you. If if you can, you know, embody what we preach. If you embody what what we want to be uh, about and you live that to the fullest and you, you know, uh, exhibit that to the rest of the clubhouse, then you're going to get rewarded. And uh, that's exactly what they did here with JP, who, like you said, has become a clubhouse leader, kind of seemingly out of nowhere, too, because it didn't really seem like JP was a guy that, you know, was was a big uh, leader in that clubhouse. Uh, He was much of a a talker. He kind of seemed like a quiet guy for a while there. But now over the last year. Kyle Seeger retiring and, and ultimately leaving. He talked about this at the at the end of the last game when when Seeger played his last inning in a Mariners uniform. Crawford said in the post game interview with tears in his eyes that he wants to take on a more you know a bigger leadership role in the with the Mariners and he's done that over the course of the offseason. We've seen that uh, being exemplified now over the last uh, you know few weeks here once everything's kind of you know once everyone's gotten back together here um, after the lockout and it's great you know like I said he he. He embodies what the Mariners want to be about, just like Marco Gonzalez does. Marco has long championed all the things that Andy McKay and Jerry Depoto and Justin Hollander and, and Scott Service have have implemented from the top down. And uh, JP's just an, another one of those guys. So uh, it's really cool to see um, 
you know, that come together for, you know, JP to be rewarded for his hard work and, and for the year that he was able to put together last year and figuring out some things at the plate uh, to go along with, you know, one of the best gloves at, at shortstop and all of baseball right now. Um, it's really fun to see. It's really cool stuff. Um, so who do you think is next? Winker, Frazier, Julio, someone else? Um, I think they're the highest priority guy should be Adam Frazier, believe it or not. Um, okay. Just because the a he's probably only looking at two, three year extension, probably in yeah. the ten to fifteen a year range. Um, not much more than what uh, JP got, just because he's a little bit older. Um, but also you kind of look around, you say, well, if it's not Adam Frazier at second base next year, who is it? Somebody not in the organization. Um, and you know, Frazier kind of fits what the Mariners like to do at the plate. He's you know high contact, gets on base a good amount. Um, you know, he's he's off to a good start despite his his underwhelming uh, traditional numbers. He, he's yep. he's been exactly as advertised so far. Um, mm. A lot of bad luck for Adam Frazier um, to start the year. Um, and mm. like I said, it's it's, it's more of a shorter. By the way, deal. that slide that he had in the ninth inning yeah. of the comeback, mm-hmm. awesome, awesome. Uh, Just, the most underrated uh, play of the. They kind of glossed yeah. over it. They never they never showed a replay of it or anything like that. It's like I know, that's huge right? Because if he doesn't if he doesn't go for second or if he gets thrown out, the Mariners could lose that game because Francis yeah. single would not have scored. Uh, you know, and then you're counting on what Hanniger or Winker uh, to get a, another two out hit. Uh, to, to score Frazier. So yeah, that, that was great. It was, it was very underrated. Uh, they kind of brushed over it uh, on the broadcast, yeah. which I thought was weird, but whatever. But yeah, to me, it's Frazier. Uh, like Julio would be the most fun. Sure. Uh, it's not going to be Hanniger. I don't think they're extending Hanniger. Winker would be a lot of fun too. Uh, but I think Frazier might be the most important one to get done just because the other guys, you have time. You look at like, who's, right. who's a, who's a free agent, a pending free agent on this team, Mitch Hanniger, Adam Frazier, Mitch Hanniger doesn't make sense as an extension right now. Frazier does. Frazier makes a lot of sense. So I, I kind of hope it's Frazier. Um, obviously, Julio would be the the most fun. Um, but if you're looking for a young guy, it's just it's really tough because most Mariners, mm. most of the Mariners got guys are are zero to three. Like they're not even ARB eligible yet. So there's no rush. Right. The one thing that I've seen uh, in response to the JP Crawford extension that I want to address here, and I'll I'll, get, I'll go through it quickly here is. What does this mean for Noel V. Marte? Nothing. It means nothing. It means absolutely nothing whatsoever. Noel V. Marte has uh, completely changed his physical profile. He's a third baseman or a corner guy at this point. Like, he, he's not a shortstop. He's too big for it. That dude is massive. I don't know if anyone watching this has seen the pictures of him from last year, was it two years ago at, at summer camp when they were at T-Mobile Park? Dude just beefed up. And if you look at pictures of him now or if you watch him play down in, uh, in uh, Everett, you'll see. <laughs> the dude is swole. He's not going to play shortstop. This has nothing to do with Noel V. Marte whatsoever. And you're also not going to plan around a prospect who's at least two, maybe three years away. Yep. You're just not going to do it. Like, maybe he gets to the big league level if everything goes right, if he has some sort of Julio-esque rise over the next year, or maybe he factors into things halfway through 2023. But even then, uh, that's not something that you plan on. That's just, that's not something that you plan for. And look, if 
out of nowhere, he they they say, you know what? Maybe he is a shortstop. We're gonna give him a try. The JP Crawford thing still doesn't affect that at all. A lot of things could happen on that front. They could move JP to second. There's a lot of stuff that can come from that. So that's this is nothing to do whatsoever with Noel V. Marte, who, if I had to guess, probably gonna get traded for something pretty nice at some point. That's gonna help the Mariners go, you know, try to win a division or maybe even a World Series. If I had to guess, but we'll see. All right, so that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Also, be sure to subscribe down below. If you are watching us on YouTube, hit the notification bell. And uh, give the video a like if you like the show. And I mean, if you watched all 35 or 36 minutes of the show, you probably did like it because why else would you sit through <laughs> all of this for 36 minutes? So give it a like if you haven't already. We'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day locked on MLB, where Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League's President Pass. It's free wherever you get your podcasts, just like us. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day. Let's get this series win tonight, and we will see you tomorrow. Peace.